This is the happy hour. You guys going to happy hour? Live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, I'll move it. I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Cleary. C is for chunk. Brought to you by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Good afternoon. Happy Wednesday. This is the Happy Hour sponsored by Empire Fence and Netting in Waverly. Get a quote today by calling them. Nick Sainert with you, as always. No uh, Rico today. He is uh, stuck at home with his uh, children. I don't know if Rico's listening right now. Shout out Rico, though. Um, 402-464-5685. Honda Lincoln Hotline, the Sarder Hammond text line. Both those open for you guys the entire show today. Uh, You can also hit us up on the Sarder Hammond Jewelers video stream, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, and Twitter. You can reach us at any of those. I'll throw your comment up on the stream. We'll discuss whatever you guys want to get to today, 402-464-5685. You can also reach out to me on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert. There's a lot of good things we can get to. Really, really good conversation there with Ty and and VJ talking about NIL. Jordan Addison's obviously officially in the portal. We're not going to talk a ton about that. Um, you guys kind of know where I stand after you know listening and, and conversating with all of us the last couple days. But uh, I do want to get to a couple things with Nebraska Husker football players in the NFL draft and where Huskers have been drafted since 2012. Because I noticed this uh, was kind of a, a tweet that was circling the the interwebs over the weekend with the NFL draft and that Cam Jurgens was Nebraska's highest draft pick in the second round 51st overall since Prince of Mukamara when he was taken in the first round in 2011 by the Giants. And I thought to myself, holy cow, 2011, Amukamara goes to the Giants. Obviously, you had players behind him of, you know, Randy Gregory, Levante David, um, Amir Abdullah you could throw into there. And then Nebraska, you know, their, their offensive lines are just the guys in the trenches go usually in the later rounds. And so you think about those guys as well. And uh, where Nebraska's at. Well, what I did, and we'll we'll get to kind of the spreadsheet here in a second. But yesterday I looked and I, I wrote down all of the draft picks from 2012 to last weekend. So in 2022, right? And what round they were, they were drafted in, who they are, obviously. And then I made note of who the coach was because... Um, it was the, the second round picks obviously over the weekend were the highest in the Scott Frost era, um, and Cam, uh, Cam Jurgens and Cam Taylor Britt. So that's something to note in his four years. And throughout this whole conversation, I, I don't want to scoff at, or, or just kind of push over the fact that Nebraska is getting guys in the league, but it's also, are they getting it, getting guys in the league at the pace that they were in 09, 2010, 2011, Maybe not. Maybe not. Um, obviously, the streak of Nebraska's get, Nebraska football players getting drafted ended in 2019 in Scott Frost's first full season at, at Nebraska where, where the Huskers had zero draft picks. But they did get a couple guys drafted this this weekend. 
this last weekend. Obviously, Samari Toure goes seventh round. Cam Jurgens, Cam Taylor Britt go uh, both in the second round, which once again nothing to scoff at. Uh, so I want to I want to discuss that a little bit. See what your guys' thoughts are. Um, is it a bigger indictment of how bad Nebraska has been, or the lack of development that Nebraska can't get guy, more guys in the NFL? And with this with this conversation, I'm not saying that Nebraska needs to put 16 guys in the NFL draft like Georgia did. Or I'm not saying Nebraska should strive to get double-digit guys drafted every single year. And if they don't, then it's a, it's a failure. I'm not saying that at all. But as a program, and in a, in a time where Nebraska's losing, you, you can't argue that Nebraska doesn't get views. Nebraska always gets clicks, always gets eyeballs on them every single Saturday. Whether it's you know the games on Fox or ESPN or ABC or Big Ten Network, there's always a ton of people. So you can't argue that Nebraska doesn't get guys or, or people watching them every single weekend. Or on social media, Nebraska's fan base is one of the most active, right? So that, that argument has to go by the wayside. So why is Nebraska not able to get more than three guys drafted or more than two guys drafted? That's the conversation I want to have. And is it a bigger indictment on just how poor Nebraska has been the last, well, since 2012? Or is it, a, is it a bigger indictment on the lack of development happening at Nebraska? Basically, do wins just automatically mean more draft picks? I don't necessarily think so. You can look like at a school like Minnesota for that. You can look at a school like Iowa. Iowa gets draft picks, yes, but we're not talking about Iowa getting eight guys drafted every year. That's not the conversation we're having. And uh, man, that would be uh, disappointing and and heartbreaking if that was the conversation. 402-464-5685. Honda Lincoln Hotline, Sarah Heyman text line. Unnamed texter says this, um, Juergens was a tight end and Taylor Britt was a low three-star recruit. Both developed into high draft picks. Yes, you're right. And, And you can argue that Casey Rogers came in ranked lower than a, the thousandth best player in the country or whatever, and now is going to Oregon. They they developed him as well, going to follow Tony Tuioti and Jordan Riley to Oregon. So there are, there are flashes of development. I'm not saying that Nebraska hasn't developed or, or hasn't used certain guys the right way, but when we bring up the, the word consistency, how much are you able to talk about that? How much are you able to point to this staff and say they've been able to use guys consistently, right? Um, Drumstick says it's all about wins. Polini was cons- consistently getting... There's the word consistently, right? Polini was consistently winning nine-plus games a year, and it showed in the draft. Um, Dusty says this. If the team gets more wins, it gives more guys credibility to be NFL-capable. Minnesota and Iowa both have eight to nine win seasons. So let's let's go through the list, right? 402-464-5685. Honda Lincoln Hotline, Starter Heyman Text Line. So it's kind of fun to do these exercises as well in the offseason because it kind of takes you back in time. Um, obviously, you guys uh, know the, the 2010 to 2020 years as well. And uh, it's, it's kind of interesting to go back and think about some of the players that did get drafted from Nebraska, think about their, their careers at Nebraska. So... If you have any thoughts, please send them in. Once again, no Rico today. Just me, Nick Sanert, with you. Hit me up on Twitter, Nick underscore Sanert, if you have any thoughts um, and don't want to text it in. All right. So once again, starting in 2012, Nebraska 
had four draft picks, Levante David, Jared Crick, Alfonso Dennard, and Marcel Jones. Um, in 2013, they had two, Rex Burkhead and Damian Stafford. In 2014, they had three draft picks, Stanley Jean-Baptiste, Spencer Long, and Quincy Anunwa. 2015, three draft picks. This was Amir, or excuse me, this was Bose last year. Amir Abdullah, Randy Gregory, and Kenny Bell. Now we get into the Mike Riley years. And this is kind of where, and, and you guys can say that the wins, and, and there is a little bit of a correlation there, so you guys are absolutely right. 20, uh, 2016, Nebraska had four draft picks in Mike Riley's first year. Malik Collins, Vincent Valentine, Alex Lewis, and Andy Janovich. 2017 and 2018, Nebraska each had one. Then 2019, Scott Frost's first year, you have zero. 2020, you have two in the Davis brothers in the sixth and seventh round. In 2021, you have obviously Brendan Hymas in the fifth round, Matt Farniok in the seventh round. And then this last weekend, three draft picks. So when you when we talk this can this can uh also be kind of related to recruiting I suppose guys want to eventually get to the league and and we talk so much about NIL money and how it's going to be such a big um big pull on to get to guys interested or to come to your program I, I think this shows that it can also be wins like we're gonna find out and and as basic and and generalized as that sounds wins are still important even though I do make a big deal about this NIL stuff wins are still going to be a pretty big factor and you guys hit that on the head a little bit ago when you texted that in so I broke it down to what years Nebraska's had certain round picks since 2012, last first-round pick was in 2011, right, for Nebraska, Prince of Mucamara, 19th overall to the Giants. Since 2012, Nebraska has had zero first-round picks, six second-round picks, but the years that those happened, 2012, 2014, 2015, so that's been seven years and then last weekend in the 2022 NFL Draft. They had three third-round picks across the years of 2014 and 2016, Fourth round picks, they had a fourth round pick in 2012 and 2016. They've had two of those. Now here's where we start to see the recent years pop up. And this is kind of what I was aiming for um, in showing. Fifth round picks, Nebraska's had three. Three uh, fifth round picks since 2012. And it was in years 2015, 2017, and 2021. Now we see some bigger numbers. Nebraska has had five six-round picks in the last 10 years. 2013, 2014, 2016, and 2018. And lastly, Nebraska's had six seventh-round picks. 2012, 2013, 2020, 2021, and 2022. Now, I want to leave it open for interpretation. I want to, I want to hear your thoughts, because... I may be looking at this with a little bit of a smaller microscope, a little more of a fine, refined and smaller, like I said, lens. And seeing here that when we, and that's why I preface this conversation with saying, I'm not starting this conversation by scoffing at seventh and round draft picks. 
And maybe wins will cure everything and make 7th round draft picks into 4th round draft picks. Maybe it will. I personally don't think that it might have that much hold on, like uh, that much uh, weight with it. But maybe I'm wrong. Jory makes a good point on the text line. Frost has recruited extremely well considering what has happened. Once the wins come, top 10 slash 15 recruiting every year in my mind. You hope? How much is NIL going to play a part in that? Guys, do you want thicker, fuller hair? Do you desire lustrous, luscious locks that you can run your fingers through? Maybe a full head of hair makes you feel attractive. Perhaps a full head of hair boosts your confidence and self-esteem. Whatever your reasons, if you have started to experience hair loss, there is good news. Because there are effective, FDA-approved treatments that work. One is a prescription clinically proven to prevent further loss. The other is clinically proven to regrow your hair in two to four months. And both are available from Roman for just a dollar a day. Just complete a free online visit. Roman connects you to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional who will work with you to find the best treatment plan. Then Roman sends everything you need right to your door with free shipping and indiscreet packaging. So guys, are you Roman ready for a thicker, fuller head of hair? Go to ro.co slash fuller. Do it today and Roman will give you 20% off your first order. That's ro.co slash fuller. How much? I, 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 none of us know the answer, unfortunately, for that question. Once again, 402-464-5685. But going back to this kind of a conversation with the draft, you see in 2020, 2021, and 2022, that's where the seventh-round draft picks go. Before that, 2018, you had a sixth-round pick, and that was the lowest round that a Nebraska Cornhusker was drafted since 2012. 2018. Now, obviously, once again, wins. Nebraska's got to win. And maybe, like, I, I was thinking about this during Vershawn's show, and that kind of puts a bow on the draft, but we can definitely open it back up here. But Nebraska's lucky that the transfer portal is the way it is right now. And I don't think I'm, I'm stepping out of line by saying that. Especially here in year four. Like, think about if the transfer portal wasn't the way it was and Nebraska didn't get O'Shawn Mathis or didn't have the ability to get O'Shawn Mathis. Um, and we'll talk to Chris Baznet of the Lincoln Journal Star here in a couple minutes. Uh, he's There's media availability for Husker baseball going on right now before their series this weekend against Minnesota, and he's uh, there right now. So he's going to text me when he's uh, all good to go and, and everything. So we'll talk to, talk to Baz of the Lincoln Journal Star here in a moment. But here's something that's interesting is Nebraska has, to their credit, recruited the transfer portal really, really well. Right? You think about all the, the additions that they've gotten out of the transfer portal, whether it's been JUCO guys. Um, Devin Drew is one that came from JUCO, then to Texas Tech, then uh, now Nebraska. Omar Manning was a guy from Kilgore. Greg Bell back, far back was the number one JUCO running back out of Western Hills Community College, I believe. Tommy Hills, a guy from Arizona State. Like, Nebraska, to their credit, has recruited the transfer portal extremely well. And you can argue that a lot of their wins have been 
uh, a a big part of that, or they have that those guys that ha- they've gotten out of the transfer portal specifically have been a big part of their wins. Deontay Williams was one who fought through multiple shoulder injuries to get on the field. So once again, to Nebraska's credit, they've recruited the transfer portal extremely well. Four zero two four six four five six eight five Honda of Lincoln Hotline, Starter Heyman text line. Both those open for you guys. The rest of the show. So, here's what an unnamed texter says, and here's what, going back to the draft thing. The Riley era led to three those three years of two total draft picks. Awful. And, and this isn't just a, a conversation about Scott Frost and the lack of development there. It's a, it's a conversation about lack of development since 2015 when Mike Riley took over. And it shows just how little Nebraska's been able to put guys in the league. And when you talk about getting big-time recruits, we heard it from Garrett Wilson when his whole recruiting story. Why did he choose Ohio State? Brian Hartline gets guys in the league. And it was a perfect example of that last weekend when they got two guys drafted in the first 12 picks. Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. And Jackson Smith and Jigba is about to be a first-round pick, a top-10 pick next year. As barring injuries and, and normal stuff, right? That's why, like, NIL definitely is going to play a part. Wins are definitely going to play a part. But I think we're also missing the the point that Nebraska may struggle recruiting high school guys, specifically high school guys, because there's been a lack of development. Who who's able, Who's Nebraska able to point to and obviously, Mickey Joseph can point to guys now, but before Mickey Joseph, who was Nebraska able to point to and say, listen, this is what we've done as a staff to get a guy in the league? J.D. Spielman left. Wandale Robinson left because we decided to use him as a running back and a wide receiver. It's just, it's been a tough four year, three years under Scott Frost, four years under Scott Frost, I suppose. And before that, it was a tough three years with Mike Riley, even though the record was 500 with Mike Riley. And I think Nebraska fans would much rather have a 500 record right now rather than 15 and 29 with your head coach. So when we're, when we're talking and looking at high school recruiting and when we have guys that from in-state, if we want to make this an in-state recruiting conversation, you sit here and go, all right, Who's put more wide receivers in the league? Insert SEC school here, insert Big 12 school here, or Nebraska? Who's put more tight ends in the league? Iowa, Wisconsin, Nebraska. And unfortunately, in recent history, which is what these kids that you're recruiting out of high school have been watching, is that Nebraska's not putting guys in the league. And that's where I feel like Nebraska's recruiting could really be uh, improved. Is if they're able to go and point to guys and say, this is who we, as this staff, not Nebraska as a program, but our staff specifically, this is who we've put in the league. And we see you being Cam Jurgens 2.0. But unfortunately, seventh round picks they're not automatically on NFL rosters like a second round or a first round pick are. So that's why the, the second round picks of Cam Jurgens and Cam Taylor Britt, extremely, 
extremely beneficial for this program. Because now they can go, now Travis Fisher, who, if he needed more of a track record, is able to now go to Kane Williams, the transfer from Alabama, and say, listen, man, you're going to cross-train here. We're going to get you prepared. Yes, we, we've had multiple undrafted free agents be put in the league. But also, you know, Cam Taylor-Britt came in as a three-star, played both sides of the ball, but we, we really specialized him at, at defensive back, and now he's a second-round pick for the Bengals. Hey, whoever, you know, tight end, if they want to convert him from a tight end to a center again, it's worked. It's been a success story. We see something similar from for you, moving you from guard to center. And Donovan Riola just needs one of these guys to pan out so he can start saying that as well. But with Donovan Riola, he's also got the NFL background to, to back him up. Travis Fisher, Eric Shenander, Mike Dawson, they all have NFL backgrounds or put the background of putting guys in the league to benefit them on the recruiting trail, and we've seen that. That's why like nobody's worried about the secondary producing this season because we all trust Travis Fisher because of the body of work. All the questions that are being brought up every single week, every single show, it's about offensive and defensive lines. It's about the offense, quarterback play, running back play. And yes, you got new coaches here. But does Scott Frost finally step back and allow those coaches to work? That's the big question. When something hasn't worked for four years, does Scott Frost finally allow Mark Whipple to do his thing with Ken, like, that, like he did with Kenny Pickett? Does Brian Applewhite finally get to figure out a Nebraska starting running back that pans out. And the, the worst part is, it's May 4th, and we're not going to find this out till August 27th when they play Ireland. Or play in Ireland, not Ireland. Because kind of like I told Vershawn and, and Ty the other, or a little bit earlier, everybody's tired of hearing everything and hearing about how well practice is going. And I know that's that might just be lip service and they have to talk like that, but I think I'm in the boat with a lot of Husker fans where it's like, it's great, like that's great. But I'll I'll wait to see it till till it's on the field. However, when Mickey Joseph talks, when Travis Fisher talks, Eric Shenander says some words, their 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 sentences, their words carry a little bit more weight because of the body of work that they've done. They've been able to back it up. And we've seen it here at Nebraska. Mickey Joseph has a great track record outside of Nebraska, but I'm not, I'm not too concerned that he's not going to be able to do stuff here. We expect a pretty smooth transition, and I think rightfully so. Even without Xavier Betts, who was maybe Nebraska's best playmaker last year, but nobody really knew because you barely used him. Mark Whipple... You can kind of back him up on Kenny Pickett, also just his coaching experience, I suppose. And and I'll admit, like I'm curious to see what Casey Thompson, Nebraska Casey Thompson looks like. We know what Texas Casey Thompson looks like. But I'm intrigued, I think is a good word, to see how Nebraska Casey Thompson looks like. And man, I just want Nebraska to have a 1,000-yard rusher. 
or two guys that combined for over 1,000 yards. Two. Two. Not five. Not seven. Not six. Two. That this staff obviously trusts shows us every Saturday that even if they mess up on one play, that they trust them. And that all goes back to what they teach them in practice, what they tell us, how they run things, and how they develop. So whether you want to talk about draft picks, getting guys to, getting guys that are hearing their names called in the first slash second round, maybe third, early third round, or high school recruiting, or just winning games. As much as we've talked about the NIL these last couple days, it all circles back to development. All circles back to development. And I think that's a place that Nebraska may be lacking under not only Scott Frost but Mike Riley, but I'm at that point where I'm ready to put Mike Riley's coaching career on the back burner because we've essentially erased everything that's happened back between 2015 and 2018 here at Nebraska. There's no bodies here anymore from that from that time. It's time to solely look at Scott Frost's coaching career and see what needs to change from, from these first four years to year five. All right, 402-464-5685, Honda Lincoln Hotline. Sorry, Hammond Text Line, both those open for you guys. Appreciate you guys hanging out with me wherever you may be. Send in your thoughts. Honda Lincoln Hotline, Sarder Hammond Text Line. Um, we'll get to you guys after the break, but we're going to go ahead and take a, take a timeout. When we come back, we'll be joined by uh, Chris Baznet of the Lincoln Journal Star here on the Happy Hour. Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. More of Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Guys, are you worried that you're losing your hair? Do you look in the mirror and see less hair looking back at you? Maybe you're thinking, it's cool, I'll shave it. Or I'll just wear a hat from now on. Or maybe even, I'll just break the bank to get plugs. But before you shave, hide, or replace your hair, have you thought about regrowing it? Because there are effective, FDA-approved treatments that work. One is a prescription clinically proven to prevent further loss. The other is clinically proven to regrow your hair in two to four months. And both are available from Roman for just a dollar a day. Just complete a free online visit. Roman connects you to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional who will work with you to find the best treatment plan. Then Roman sends everything you need right to your door with free shipping and indiscreet packaging. Not just once, but every month. So guys, are you Roman ready for a thicker, fuller head of hair? Go to ro.co slash regrow. Do it today and Roman will give you 20% off your first order. That's ro.co slash regrow. 